Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. I think I'm still working through some of those big challenges. I make incremental progress and I have my small wins, but I think on the bigger picture, there's a lot that still needs to be overcome. My name is Esprit Devora, host of The Women in Tech Show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create The Women in Tech Show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. I call it actionable empowerment. Every single episode, you'll hear the story of a fantastic woman in tech, from engineers to founders to investors to journalists to designers, all sorts of different females in tech who have thrived. I want to share their stories with you so that you can can know what resources, mentors, and life situations they accessed in order to get to where they are today. Enjoy. I have had the most extraordinary opportunity to spend a whole day at Hera Hub here in Phoenix, Arizona, and I can't tell you how impressed I am by this collaborative workspace built by women for women to empower women in technology and other professions just to make sure that we support and celebrate one another and accelerating forward. I am so, so thankful that they are supportive of the Women in Tech podcast. Welcome back to the Women in Tech podcast. We are in Phoenix, Arizona, celebrating the most extraordinary women in tech. So thrilled to be here. And I get to be sitting outside enjoying the Arizona sun with Leslie. Hello, Leslie. Hi. (laughs) So, Leslie, first of all, go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell everybody um, a little bit about who you are and what you do. And then where are we? Yeah, um, I'm Leslie Pico. I'm actually the community manager for a blockchain company that's based out of San Francisco called Proppy. And we are sitting on the steps of Galvanize in downtown Phoenix in the warehouse district um, in some beautiful sunlight. So how does that work that Proppy is headquartered in San Francisco, but you're here? So they have multiple offices. We actually just have the one in Menlo Park. Um, I came on board probably about eight months ago, and I was the first in my role, and it was kind of a beta to see what exactly the role looked like. Right. Um, Ended up being kind of three-pronged. I do a lot of community engagement, education, advocacy around blockchain just to get people to adopt it. Um, I talk to real estate agents and brokerages because we're a transaction tool for real estate. Right. And um, I also interact with the local government. So... After kind of some trials, we realized what the role was going to look like and recently actually launched an ambassador program with uh, 40 people around the world. Incredible. Yeah. But wait, where's Arizona come into play on all this? So I was the one that initially reached out to Proppy and said, hey, I'm here in Arizona. I'm, you know, in tech. I think blockchain is phenomenal, especially for the real estate use case. Um, Our laws are friendly in regards to crypto. You need to be here and this is what I can do for you and why. You hustle it, girl. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. After a little badgering, we finally um, came to an agreement. They said, okay, fine. Do these things in this month. And if you can accomplish that, we'll talk. Yeah. I did. And here I am. (laughs) That's amazing. Eight months later. Yeah. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. And um, okay. So let's 
back up. First of all, now we know you're a blockchain fan girl. Yes. Um, when did your love for cryptocurrency at slash technology begin? Um, which one did we start with? Tech or crypto? I mean, crypto wasn't around before. What's happening right. here? It started with tech, and actually, I've always had a little bit of chip on my shoulder, and actually, I joke around and say, well, I went to Costco and bought the whole bag. <laughs> Um, when it came to tech, I'm like, there needs to be more females. We can definitely learn this. I applied to a couple of um, tech boot camps, like when they were first coming out. Yeah. Is this high school, college? No, this was uh, college. Yeah. Okay. Early, early college. I was rejected by one, the one that I really wanted to get into. And what? I actually thought it was a little bit unfair when I got to the like second technical yeah. interview, really. But I said, you know what? That's not going to put me back. Um, I'm going to figure it out and I'm going to teach myself. So I did. You taught yourself? Yeah. I used a combination of different online tools. You wouldn't believe once you start digging how many resources there are for free. Um, and I think if you have enough of the motivation, you can absolutely get it done. So you were like, you were like, what's that? I can't think of that actress right now, but I'm just thinking, <laughs> I'm just picturing you outside. Take that motherfuckers <laughs> with your like guns and your chains and like website. your tattoos. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it was, um, it wasn't easy. A lot of late nights and, um, I even actually, quit my job, moved back in with my mom. I was a single mom of two kids because I said, if I'm going to learn this. You were a single mom of two kids? Yeah, at the time. No. Uh-huh. And uh, I moved in with my mom and I said, I'm going to literally just learn code for the next eight months or however long it's going to take me. Dude, you're awesome. <laughs> it was <Whoa>. easy. <laughs> Thankfully, I had, you know, I had my mom. Um, but after that, I was able to get it, get myself to a place where I was consulting and then I was just doing it for, I was taking small businesses and helping them recognize the value in going digital. A sort of a side question, but a really important one. How much do you think your kids have made you a more powerful leader? Yeah, it's a definitely a cycle because I, it's something that I picked up from my own father and I find myself doing the same as far as how I'm parenting my yeah. children. And they totally get it. I mean, you ask my kids, even now, when I got into cryptocurrency, they know what Bitcoin is. They know what yeah. Ethereum is. They're uh, seven and nine. And um, it's great. So they see they see it. Because it just the drive that you had to have as a mom of two kids to say, hey, I want this life for myself and I'm going to make it happen. I mean, people just don't do that. Well, when you look at the U.S. Labor and Statistics Bureau on what developers make, you get pretty motivated as a single mom. <laughs> I mean, still, I think I think it's really impressive. And so you went out, you're self-taught. Did you ever get a formal education in how to code? Not in how to code, no. Um, I definitely recommend it for anybody who can, or if that's the way that you learn best. Whatever is the way that's going to get you to your goal faster, do that. Yeah. Um, after that, I actually, that this led to the cryptocurrency and blockchain. One of my clients was this high volume real estate agent. And after helping him get to the next level, I realized how fraught with difficulty and confusion and cost yeah. the real estate transaction was. Now, when you said client, what business did you have at that point? It was just consultancy. So I did a variety of things, whether it was web development services, operations. That's where I had been previously. And um, so you've I, always been kind of businessy. Yeah. 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 And um, once I, I decided after that, really, I wanted to get back more into tech. I had kind of left it and ended up moving more into the operations and sales operations side of things. So I wanted to 
touch roots, touch base again with my roots in tech and started looking at companies who were doing innovative things in real estate. I figured, you know what, it's either that or insurance that gets disrupted next. Found Proppy. They had just proved their concept. And I said, I have to work for this company. Dude, you're awesome. <laughs> like, I feel like if I looked up hustler in the dictionary... There'd be your face <laughs> with the chains and the guns. Just kidding. <laughs> well, it's inspiring. Like blockchain, literally, when it comes to title, if you can prove you own a piece of land in some rural area in some remote part of the world, and someone's willing to buy that from you on the other side of the planet, you can extract value from something because it's all on the blockchain. Yeah, but can't you just use cash? You can use cash. This actually just also boils down to the evidence that you are the actual owner. And if there are people on opposite sides of the world who both recognize the blockchain as the source of truth that you actually own this land and they're willing to buy it from you, you can do it in both fiat or crypto. But um, crypto's a lot easier. So why don't you explain all of it to us? What's the difference between all these blockchain and crypto and and yeah. Bitcoin and <laughs> Ethereal or whatever it's called or <laughs> the gasoline. <laughs> so just, I mean, high level, um, what we've done is taken smart contracts to effectively manage the risk involved when you've got parties who don't trust one another. Um, very much here in the real estate transaction, it allows you to eliminate other intermediaries that are essentially making money off of you just trying to buy property right? Um, and be completely clear in the whole transaction start to finish. So our smart contracts facilitate different parts of the transaction. And then we have our title registry on the blockchain, which is a way for people to verify anywhere, you know, whether or not you are the true valid owner of this. So what this complex data structure has enabled, um, and I think that's why there's so much hype around it, yeah. is what it's enabled us to do. Um, but cryptocurrency, you know, it's just one application, one use case of, um, but it's not the end all. So there's still so many more. I'm excited about all the new iterations and what, how consumable it will be eventually. Cause I don't think it is very much right now, but, um, that's why we also need to involve like UIX designers, product owners, project managers, everybody across the board. And we do our best to keep the women in tech podcast, a kind of a timeless show. However, I must ask with the recent drops in crypto value what's mm -hmm. your take what's it mean what's um, going on does, <laughs> is, is it like a fad that faded no <laughs> not at all I think that we really need to recognize the value that we have in the community that we built I mean we effectively agreed on a global currency without realizing it the powers that be could not do that we did um there is a way where you're willing to extract value or exchange your Bitcoin or Ether or whatever it is for a tangible service or product. There are people out there who are willing to accept it in exchange for that. And it's just a matter of us recognizing that instead of waking up in the morning and saying, oh, what's it trading at? Let me offload of everything. We really should be looking at it as another dollar in our pocket. Just another way to transact. Wild. <laughs> yeah. What would you say is one of the biggest challenges that you've successfully overcome and what did you learn from it? I don't know if I've successfully overcome anything that big yet. I'm still working. Um, you know, I think it was, that's tough. I think I'm still working through some of those big challenges. I make incremental progress and I have my small wins, but I think on the bigger picture, there's a lot that still needs to be overcome when it comes to just recognizing women in tech 
um, recognizing that we all have the same abilities. It's not like we were this substandard species that all of a sudden gained intelligence. Those are still some big ones that I think once once we get past that, I'll feel like I've done something. <laughs> and how do you juggle being a, a driven, powerful leader and a mom of two young children? Yeah, um, I have a really great support system. I'm really grateful for my support system. Um, now my, my husband now who married me with my two kids, um, see girls, it's possible. (laughs) (laughs) He, um, is phenomenal and very, very supportive. I enjoy it. I have these ambitions and I wouldn't be happy if I couldn't pursue them otherwise. So however that needs to work out, you know, I just, you just make it work. You have to, there's effort. It's hard. It's not easy. Sometimes you just want to cry. There's some days where I go, you know what? I'm going to throw this all out the window. I'm just going to go get a job as a receptionist. You have those days too? Yeah. I have those days. Uh, But (laughs) I know that... uh, it's going to, the feeling will go away. This too shall pass. And we only have a finite amount of time. So what are you going to do with it? I think, I think if you haven't at least once been jealous of the Starbucks barista's life, <laughs> you <laughs> haven't truly lived. <laughs> right. But then you get there and you're like, oh, this is a whole nother set of problems. Everybody yeah. has their problems. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, totally. Yeah. The grass is greener underneath you. What is your favorite book, either professionally or personally, or, or just a book that really touched you? It's a book by this copywriter. Um, oh, sounds good already. Yeah, in New York. And he built this firm and then he broke it. Um, what? Yes, I think, and I'm going to mess up the title, but it's something like, uh, who says this shit or who fucking said this shit? And um, it was amazing. It was inspiring. It basically translated my feelings and emotions and put them out on paper. And that's also why I'm just so fascinated with words. Yeah. Words are such a powerful, powerful tool. And um, he definitely knew how to wield them. So that was probably really one of them when I realized, you know, it's more how do you make people feel? Yeah. Um, What can you say? How do you communicate? That's probably still the hardest thing I have in my life. I mean, I could sit there and be writing the simplest email and rewrite it like 10 times because I'm like, does this sound like what I'm trying to say? Totally. totally. (laughs) Today I wrote an email and I asked myself if I, it was an email to an email, like the person hadn't responded yet in business. No, not a guy. (laughs) And um, I asked myself before sending it, is this fear based or is this what I want to be saying? And I'm like, it's fear-based. Yeah. I'm not valuing myself. I'm afraid. So I'm already counteracting before I've even heard back because oh, yeah. I'm afraid. So yeah. It's Guilty. really interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, what is your favorite tech tool? So I, when I was developing, it was a cloud, a cloud ID um, because at the time, too, I couldn't necessarily afford like a full laptop. Yeah. So I settled with the Chromebook. And I got to tell you, it is the hardest thing in the world <laughs> to have to figure out how to um, develop on a Chromebook because um, you can't install anything on the machine. Um, everything has to be cloud-based. So those are some of my favorite tools. Um, I love the full Adobe suite because then I delved into design as well. I like to have complete control over all of my projects. Um, But then I learned the hard way that that's not always the best thing to do. So actually, I take it back. My favorite tool are people. I I love that. The other day I went on a hike with my friend and uh, he's a planner. I am not. 
funny enough. And he said, um, he kept planning out, it was driving me crazy. He kept looking at maps and stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm like, that's it. I've had enough. We're just walking that way. (laughs) He's like, but what if we run out of water? I was like, well, lean on our community. And then we walk past these people. I'm like, if we ran out of water, would you get water? <laughs> like, yeah. He's like, but what if they weren't around? <laughs> you can't plan for all of the what ifs. At yeah. some point, you just have to execute and run with it yeah. and be ready to fail, too. But that's fine. You pick it back up and figure it out. Totally. Totally. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Leslie, you're awesome. Thank you. I, and, and to think that not only did you teach yourself to code, after you got rejected somewhere and you took it as a source of, of motivation, then you taught yourself how to code on a Chromebook. <laughs> so you, let's just make this even harder. <laughs> yeah. It's just incredible. That mo- I mean, can you, before we wrap it up, can you give us some tip on what if we're just in a bummer state? How do we get motivated? Do something different for a day, an hour, a week. Go do something different. Um, and then come back to it. I mean, sometimes I just have to step away. I'll go read some articles that have nothing to do or read a book that has nothing to do with what I'm working on or go talk to somebody that has nothing to do with what I'm trying to accomplish. And that's when you have those light bulb moments that go, oh my goodness, you've got, you said it or I read it or this completely applies here. And then, I mean, that's just kind of how you, I think you can renew your energy when you're on your own or feel that you're just down. <laughs> Love it. How can people connect with you? Oh, uh, you can reach me at leslie.pico at proppy.com. Can you spell it for us? L-E-S-L-I-E dot P-I-C-O at proppy, P-R-O-P-Y dot com. Oh, thank you so much for hanging out with the Women in Tech podcast and for just being such a great example of what is possible. I was completely inspired. I'm sure I'll continue to be inspired by you to connect with more incredible women in tech around the world. Go to the Women in Tech Facebook group at womenintechvip.com. That's womenintechvip.com. And remember to say hello at Women in Tech Show on all the socials, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and maybe you'll get one of the Women in Tech stickers. I don't know. Bye. Hera Hub Phoenix is a co-working space, essentially, for women business owners, entrepreneurs, and professionals. And we just really created a landing space for women of all industries and backgrounds to be able to just connect with each other in an environment that's really relaxing and zen-like, but professional. The women that walk in here just come in and just have a sigh of relief. When they come in, they're like, yes, this is what I'm looking for. It's something that makes them focus on their goals, their own development, their work and their clients. And so essentially that's what it is. It's a workspace, but it's also turning into really a landing space for all kinds of women and all kinds of backgrounds. And where can we find out more? Easiest way is just the website. If people go to www.herahub.com forward slash Phoenix. This has been an amazing, amazing day. I've met so many inspiring women, and I'm just really grateful to have had the opportunity to experience this place. It feels like a collaborative culture where you're you're going into your best friend's living room and you're super safe, but yet it's a professional work environment. It's really hard to describe because it's definitely not like just like couch lounging. You feel the energy in this place. It's special. Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.